Welcome back, Canes Country Podcast. So something exciting happened in in the world of the Hurricanes. They had their first ever series sweep uh, against the New York Islanders. And if if we rewind back to last week, Justin, what did I what did I predict was going to happen? You predicted a sweep. I predicted I five games. Very good. I just wanted to make sure that we all remembered. <laughs> Who said what? And just remember that one of us predicted this sweep, and uh, it wasn't you, but it was yeah. someone else. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that uh, and realized that before we started this episode. Yeah. Do you have yeah, any words yeah. for me? Any, um, any praise? Can, you know. Congratulations, and congratulations <laughs> to the Hurricanes, I guess. No, congratulations only to me. I was the yeah. only one who did anything because I predicted it. So, let's talk about how all of that happened. Two five-two wins. You saw two points from Aho and Teravine in both games uh, each. Uh, you saw Curtis McElhaney have two great games. You just you just saw in in those two games more of Carolina playing their style of game as opposed to games one and two where it felt like New York was really in control and they. You know, they they made Carolina beat them at, you know, at the the low shots uh, or low shot quantities. And the Hurricanes managed to do that. And then in games three and four, it kind of felt like a shift. Uh, Having home ice probably has a lot to do with that. But Justin, thoughts on on the series? I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for the Hurricanes. I mean, obviously the yeah. sweep is is an indication of that. But um, to to have your starting goalie injured and then have you know uh, your backup come in and steal game two, um, you know, playing cold, and then to turn that around and repeat those performances essentially in games three and four. And remember, four he really just allowed one goal and then. You know that weak that, shot from the yeah. point with about a minute left, and that's definitely one that he's going to want. Kind of a, that was kind of a fluky off of his block or off of his blocker, I think, and then his blocker fell off. It was just like it was it was a who cares goal because it was five yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he played absolutely phenomenal. Um, and yeah, it, it seemed like Sebastian Ajo and and Tavo Teravainen, um you know, really pulled their weight, especially Sebastian Ajo, because yeah. he's he's been streaky basically since mid March. Um and, you know, he he just came up in, in, in the final two games to to not give them any breathing room. Um Barry Tross essentially said, Hey, we're gonna go to Raleigh and steal two games and they did not That's do not that what whatsoever. So um uh, in reflection of the Islanders, I don't think it's fair um, so Robin Leonard in that game four, essentially, it seemed like he was kind of putting the doghouse there for. Yeah, I think that for, was kind of like a last ditch. Like, all right, we're down three to one. Let's. Uh, I need to get something out of this team at this point, and that didn't happen really for the Islanders. No, not not at all. And um, yeah, it, it's it's no offense to him, but honestly, after losing games one and two, if if any, there's any issue with Trotz, I think. Why not play Grice starting Game Three? We struggled against Grice this year in the regular season. I mean, there was he had what a shutout and then a one goal. He had those. Performance he had those two really good games. But uh, the the last time they played, 
uh, the fourth game in that series. New York had won all three of those games. Grice wasn't as good in that fourth game, so I don't I don't really know. I, I, I think the Canes would have won those games regardless, but, you know, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, Laner was so good. I mean, he's a Vezina finalist, you know? Like, yeah. He had, he had a great year, and like you said, um, I don't put much of the blame on on him for those two games, uh, especially those in Raleigh, because, I'm, of course, he was great in games one and two. Um, but yeah. And and I think um, to the Islanders' point, uh, you know, it's an end to their season, um, a, a season in which they overachieved. I think you and I, if we go back and listen to the preview, we had them pretty low. I mean, you yeah. kind of you. It's an easy prediction to make when you lose your franchise player. And so um, I remember when we recorded that, it was just right after they brought in Lucas Spiza. So we were like, what? What's going on there? They replace, you know, they, they lose Tavares and they bring in Lucas Spiza. So, and, the, and then Komarov too. And Komarov, it, yeah. It's, it, see, their, their team, you know, it's one thing that they overachieved this year, but I think I still expect them to significantly regress next year. Um, they got lights out goaltending, and yeah. it's a finicky thing. It's a finicky thing. So, um, yeah, I, I still expect them to regress, but there's nothing that can be taken away from them this year. Which, I mean, they they hats off to them. I mean, they almost they almost took they almost took the division. So, yeah. um, except for a few games down the stretch, the, the division was there. So, in in what they is considered Pittsburgh one of the, the toughest, round. yeah. So. Um, yeah, big, big hats off to them. So, um, but yeah, moving on, mm-hmm. moving on indeed. Um, what stood out to me a lot in, in those two games was, uh, Sebastian Ajo has been offensively, uh, a little touch and go a little bit, um, ever since the middle of March, like you said, I think injuries have a lot to do with that. I think fatigue has a lot to do with that but you know ever since he's he's been playing well it's just it's just the numbers haven't been there and I think you know with him still seeing a lot of those really tough matchups that's freed up a guy like Jordan Stahl who's having an incredible uh postseason run Uh, I mean even when he was matched up against Matt Barzell in that second round series I mean he was phenomenal um so it's definitely good to see Aho and Tara Vining kind of get back on the score sheet the way that they did at the end of that series because, you know, they're, they're going to need them uh, moving into the Eastern Conference Final, which it's kind of crazy to even be talking about the Eastern Conference Final based on where we thought they'd be. I mean, even as recent as December, but that's where they're going. And I guess we can, or I have one note about the Islanders. Um, I think... It's tough, right? Because you talk about the goaltending, and I think that's been the biggest difference for both teams to a certain degree. Um, Robin Lehner is a Vesna candidate. Grice was very good throughout the regular season for Carolina. Morasic and McElhaney, we've we've seen that, and it's tough because there's so much parity in this league, and really anything could happen at at really at any point. I mean, you saw. St. Louis and Carolina rise from where they were halfway through the year and just year to year, you see so much change. So I, I, I could see them regressing. Like you said, I could, I could see them saying about the same. I think it depends on what they, you know, they have guys like 
Anders Lee, who's on an expiring deal. They have uh, Brock Nelson on an expiring deal. Let's wait before Brock Nelson. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen here. Bro. So, so obviously we we all saw Brock Nelson uh, not so slickly tap Curtis McElhaney on the head in Game Three after the Islanders tied the game, and then he hit Dougie Hamilton for some reason. He was feeling real, real big and real bad confident. At that point. They yeah. were taking that game three, according to him. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Barry Trotz said they were going to take both, so he was acting like they were going to take both, and they didn't take any of them, which was interesting. Um, so yeah, he tapped McElhaney on the head. It just is. It was so weird because you're down two nothing in the series, right? And you lost twice at home, and you were down two to one in that game when they scored and tied the game, and he tapped McElhaney on the head, which was very. I mean, it was just interesting timing, all things considered. And the the highlight of the series, of course, was in the handshake line, Dougie Hamilton tapping him on the head as uh, they got swept out of the play uh, the uh, out of the playoffs. So that was nice. I that was a good touch by by Dougie Hamilton, uh, literally because he patted him on the head, and that was that was satisfying. And that that would have been the good time to do it, probably after you win the series, not when you're down to nothing. All jokes aside, though, he. He's an important player for them, and he's a pending UFA. And, you know, there's with guys like him and Anders Lee, uh, potentially, I mean, needing new contracts, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, what the money looks like with all of that. And I think they have their star in Matt Barzell because even in game four, I mean, man, he, he was really good, and he's a big-time player. So, and I think I think yeah. another player that is worthy of attention is Anthony Beauvillier. I mean, yeah, he, he tore great. up game two. Um, you know, it's just a few posts and, and, you know, a few weird bounces. And otherwise, I mean, that series could be a little bit different, he's, at least yeah. in the first half. Um, yeah, he's put up decent numbers. But I think, yeah, it's it's the, the long-term contracts that they're signed to, you know, with Boychuk, Letty, um, Ladd. I mean, it's, it's rough. And it's just... It's finding a way to negotiate out of those and then getting those players like Beauvillier, like Barzell. Um, and hopefully Michael Dalcol gives you something because he's he was a top five pick, you know, a few he years got, ago. He got he got rocked by, uh, <laughs> by Greg McKaig. I think it was Greg McKaig who just yeah, who hit him so hard that his helmet flipped around and like his like the top of his helmet was on his face and he couldn't get it off. And man. That was, that was a jolt. And Greg McKaig scored in that game, uh, the goal that ended Robin Lehner's season, actually. And yeah, uh, it, it's tough to predict, but yeah, uh, you you brought up Avillier. He was really, you know, he was a pest out there. He was very aggressive. Uh, I thought he had a good series. Devin Tays as well. Man, he can he can play. Yeah, he was, he was pretty surprising too. And I wasn't that uh, you know I wasn't that. Uh, I'm sorry, Devon you know, Tays. Devontae's, yeah. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was pretty surprised by Scott Mayfield. He had a few off, you know, he had pretty good, he had a few good games there. Um, yeah. I think five didn't look that, or sorry, excuse me, game four did not look that good yeah, for him. But he got a, uh, I forgot which game, was it? I forget which and game. And he's signed to a team-friendly contract for a long term, player. I mean. Um, yeah. And, but hold on, one thing I have to oh. add, though, um, is 
you know, before we move on from the Islanders and stuff like that, is uh, Seidenberg's contract runs up. And I have a, a small story. Um, <laughs> so it was the the 09 year, basically, essentially. Mm. Um, it was before they made the playoff run, though. Mm. Um, I went to a practice on a Saturday, and, um, you know, I was, like, hoping to get, you know, stalls and wards. Dennis Seidenberg. And Eric Coles and all that stuff. And, and um, Wade you know, so Bank. Oh yeah, Wade Brookbank, Anton Babchuk Tim was Conboy. on top of my list. <laughs> Derek Joss, no, second wrong year. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, and essentially, you know, we're walking by. You know, we heard that Eric Stahl was popping out or something like that, and you know, we start walking by. He was and what? He he was gonna leave. He was gonna leave. Okay. I didn't know that slang term. I was really confused as to what Eric Stahl was doing on this practice day. Anyway, I was, we were walking to go see if we could spot Eric Stahl and but he was popping out. He's Seidenberg out. comes out of the side door and just walks by and we did not know who he was. So we kind of just give him a oh, head nod no. and we're like, you know, you know, Hey, Hey, how you doing? Or something like that. And, uh, we walk right by him and then we don't see stalls. So we kind of double back and then we see that there's people get starting to kind of like gather around Seidenberg. And then I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm like, Oh, is this awkward? So to ask you, for a you big time. You, you just <laughs> totally ignored him. You thought you were better than awkward. Dennis Seidenberg. Yeah, essentially. So, um, what's probably the end of his career. He was a very solid player for, he was, a long time, like even into his like thirties, he he played well for a long time there. So acquired in the Kevin Adams trade, yeah. If you remember that, and now Kevin Adams is what teaching or no? He's doing some kind of minor minor midget hockey in Buffalo or something. I, I, something like he's that. He's a coach or something. Yeah, he's doing. He got something. into the USA hockey system somehow. I think. Yes. Don't quote that, but Kevin something Adams. Like that. Uh, he had a hat trick once, and um, I don't remember. I was really young. I was at a game with my dad, and the Canes scored, like, three goals in, like, 45 seconds or something, and Kevin Adams scored twice, and or scored two of those, and Craig Adams scored the other one. It was a very, very uh, fun time in Hurricanes hockey. Almost as fun as this playoff run, which will continue against the Boston Bruins. Wow. So the last time the Hurricanes made the playoffs in 2009, they beat the Bruins in seven games in the second round. So, you know, full circle kind of. Not really, but so let's let's talk about it. Um, the Boston Bruins, how nervous are you about those bullies? Uh, I mean, I'm super nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I was a, a closet Blue Jackets fan there for, you know, about two weeks. I and I, I really just, I think it's just everything surrounding the Blue Jackets is just so much better than everything surrounding the Boston Bruins. The players are, you can get behind them. You can get pl- behind players like Seth Jones, Wierenski, um, Bobrovsky, of course, and, and stuff like Shane that. finally got his yeah. way out of that hell in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, their fans are pretty nice and stuff like that, but They're now... They're like Carolina, you know? Like, they, didn't, they weren't expected to be here, 
and they're here yeah. and the fans are loving it and it would have been a nice you know smaller market matchup with a lot of cool feel-good storylines but instead we get the Bruins yeah and and you get what comes along with the Bruins which is dirty hits um <laughs> oh, yeah licking uh, yeah. punches to the back of the head All if you're on your things. knees I think we're talking uh, about I think I think we're talking about one person in particular here one person in particular, and now he's riled up because that's essentially Joakim got... Nordstrom. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I totally like. I forget about his existence all the time, and I just see him out there scoring goals. Zach Shishenishin or whatever. Shishenishin. Yeah. Yes. No, and now Marshawn's fired up because of Sportsnet's reporters asking him questions that made him angry, and now he's probably going to go punch Tavo Teravainen in the head for no apparent reason. So can't wait for that to happen. Honestly, I, I know this sounds so stupid to me, but I would, and I know this sounds like, Oh, I'd rather they both just have fun. No, I'd rather the hurricanes just somehow come out of this completely healthy, but I don't see that happening. I just know the tactics they play with, and I just know (laughs) it's going to be a grind because it's literally your ticket to the Stanley Cup final. And I just, I'm just concerned for health, honestly. And that that stems from Svechnikov, especially. Um, You know, there's going to be a target on his back, probably. Sebastian Ajo, um, there's going to be a target on his back, and probably Tavo Teravainen as well. (laughs) So, um, as for the matchup. It's going to be really interesting because you got two hot goaltenders on the Canes and you have Tuka Rask who is has been average the past few postseason runs. He's he hasn't been, been amazing terrible this year though. But this year, yeah, this year he's been much better. Um so I I think the ultimate concern though is that top line. You know what they bring um mm-hmm. and they're going to bring it Every single night, and it's just—I think it's up to Rod Brindamore to match the lines well. Um, I would probably rather have the second line on the ice against the Patrice Bertrand line. Jordan um, Stahl, Nino Niederreiter. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, because I don't know if I trust Justin Williams' speed against the wingers there, um, and that's not an yeah. old man. It's just facts. It's just just what it is. He just doesn't have the legs that he used to. And I don't trust... I I know Ajo has been used in penalty kill situations. I know that. But this is like really one of the best lines in hockey. And I just don't think defensively he matches up well enough with them. Um, So, yeah. I'd much rather have line two out against that line. And then hope that line one can, you know... Whether it's facing the Krejci line or whatever... um, and, and try to take advantage of those matchups. So um, defensively, I'm not worried. I would actually take our defense, especially um, in this situation, Absolutely. despite the behemoth Zdeno Chara. He's very um, slow nowadays. Yeah, he's slow, but he's still got you know a he's very long very hockey tall. stick, <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's still so, very yeah. tall. Yeah, um, so, covers a lot of area. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're very still, far. There's still, but did you see in the their first round series when Trevor Moore hit Zdeno Chara? Did you ever see that clip? Uh, I can, I didn't, but I can only imagine. Oh my gosh! It, no, it it went well for Trevor Moore. Surprisingly, oh, you he know took. What? I did see man. that. I yeah. did see that. Wow, that was that was shocking. I just imagine a Greg McKeg just hitting uh, Zdeno Chara like that, and just <laughs> him being so yeah. surprised, like who is this guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I. It's it's a very concerning matchup. 
it doesn't give me throwbacks to to Pittsburgh in 09. Um, mm-hmm. But it could easily go south if you try to play their game. I think you just have to stick to your game and yeah. and just don't get caught up in the extracurriculars. Don't take stupid frustration penalties because that's how they're going to do. They're going to get like under your skin. It's like the Washington series in that way. You know, like yeah. it, they have guys that will agitate you, and you have to do your best to play through that and and mm-hmm. you know do your business between the whistles. Don't try to go after the whistle. Try to play their game because that's what they want you to do because they'll they'll yeah. beat you if you do that yeah um but i think i think game one you really have to you got to bring the energy you can't sit back you can't get feelers for it you got to get that first goal and especially take advantage of a game where charlie mcavoy is not going to be on the ice yes. i mean you know he he's a he's a pretty solid defenseman he's and very you good. know and picks directly what directly after jake bean yes the, the yes. next pick um yeah, so McAvoy's out for game one. He had that high hit on Josh Anderson, which was a two-minute penalty, and that was it. And that was so clearly, obviously, terribly wrong. Uh, but the league did made made up for it to an extent. That that was an easy one-gamer. Uh, it was very much a dirty hit. It, it, it makes you think. So he got one a two-minute minor in that game for that, which was very obviously a dirty hit. And Michael Furling got instantly ejected for hitting Nick Dowd with his back. So that's yeah. how that one goes sometimes. And, you know, that is what it is. But, yeah, McAvoy being out for a game is definitely going to hurt Boston to an extent. That's a top-pairing caliber D-man that they're going to be playing without. So they have a chance, Carolina does, to take advantage of that uh, as much as they can. And they're coming off the big layoff. We'll see how that affects them because I think the concern after the Washington series was that, man, they've, they've played so much hockey, but they stole the first two games and they weren't getting any breaks. And then they came home and they played even better to close out the series. So we'll see how five days of rest affects Carolina, obviously with injuries with Furland and Aho and Mainalainen practice today in a non-contact jersey we'll see how all of that shakes up because i think by the time by next week when we record it'll be two games perhaps three already played in this series so man anything can happen really when you think about no. it no yeah it's true it's anything true can happen you know that's just that's just how I know that's a super hockey cliche, but yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> um, anything can happen. That's your analysis. So your prediction for the series. That's so tough. Predictions are so difficult. I mean, obviously they're not very difficult for me because I just predicted the Canes would sweep the Islanders and the market. <laughs> um, man. Then you have Washington in six, though. Eh. I did too. It's okay. No, no, no. I had um, my my brain was telling me Islander or Washington six, but then I predicted Canes in six on the website. So that's you know, how about that? Yeah, yeah. How about it. You know, I'm just, pretty good. Pretty I'm just, good. I'm just telling you how it's going. Um, I'll say, you know what. Is that someone at your at your door or? No, that's me banging my pen on my notebook 
I'm, sh- I'm sure the people with thought. playing this over their speakers are, are going to love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll take I'll take the canes in six. Yeah, why not? Dang it, I was gonna take that one. It was popular. <laughs> I thought it was a, a you know an unpopular opinion, but yeah, this I'll take. Take... I mean, this is a. I mean, we're biased, so. Uh, yeah, I'll say I'll say uh, canes in six. But if it goes seven, it's the Bruins. I don't see them going into TD Garden we and can, winning that. How about we can change our predictions a little bit when we midway through this week yeah yes <laughs> we can totally change it oh yes kane sweep woo yes yeah, yeah. bruin we'll, sweep uh-oh we'll, we'll wait for them to play three games and then we'll make our real predictions yep. yeah so uh yeah yeah i'll take them in six but yeah i really don't see them winning a game seven in boston that would be tough that would yeah. be very tough it's just it's a different atmosphere and it is they they know what they're doing. They're more experienced, so I I don't know. I mean, things stranger things can happen. You saw what happened in Game Seven in uh, Washington. So I did. I'll but I'll take uh, I'll take Kansas Six. Yeah, for sure. Very good. Um, we're gonna go ahead and play an ad. On the other side, we're going to talk about the rest of the playoffs because the Hurricanes aren't the only ones playing right now. Shockingly, uh, other teams are playing and. There was a Game of Thrones episode a few years ago, and we're just going to talk about it because that's the precedent that we set for ourselves. We're going to talk about Game of Thrones. All right, talk to you on the other side. This is the Kane's Country Podcast. Let's look at the other games here. We're in an awkward position because we're recording this on Tuesday. It's going to go up on Wednesday morning, and the Stars and Blues play Game 7 tonight. Actually, I think they're about to start, literally, in moments. So that's a thing. And then the Avalanche and Sharks play shortly after this will go out tomorrow. So let's just talk about the Western Conference Series. Has anything special caught your eye from, from any of these teams as we enter two Game 7s? The, the, the two best words in sports. Yeah. Um, the thing that has caught my eye is that Avalanche first line is something. I just I wow. I think I'm in love with that line. Wow! Like just everything about it is just perfect. It's I just something. love every player on it. I think they're wow. ridiculously skilled. I think they just they just have it all. Um, Man, first yeah. off, Miko Rantanen is like it's. I think it's fair to say he's underrated still because you don't see people walking around in Rantanen jerseys. People will still talk but, about McKinnon the most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. McKinnon still gets. Um, you know, a ton of credit, which he deserves. Yes. Um, I mean, he is probably one of the best puck handlers in the entire NHL. In the history of the National Hockey League. Not, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. If you want to take that route, I guess. I'll take that uh, route. That's my stance. History of I the mean, NHL. If you just just watch some of his highlights, you'll know what I'm talking about. But And then Gabriel Landeskog comes up huge for them in Game 6. Um, just... You know, kind of just swats at a puck, and I feel like that is just the playoffs. Um, you know, just summarize. Sometimes, sometimes you just got to swat play. at it and hope for the best, and that's, that's yeah. exactly what he did, sometimes and it worked. You just have to swat at it and hope for the best. Yes, exactly. Wow, um, that's deep. But uh, and as for Stars Blues, I think I this series, you know, you kind of are excited for the Blues because, I mean, they really went from worst to first almost in a way. Um, you know, they, they've had an outstanding season, and it seems like they, you know, their arch nemesis Chicago's not in there anymore to end their hopes 
again. Um, so, you know, to beat the Stars would be a, a big accomplishment for them. Um, and again, like we said last week, Vladimir Tarasenko was trade bait. He was. Um, for a brief period there in November and December. Uh, and we were wondering what kind of package we could form and to get him. So That was a conversation um, we had. We really did, I think. It so. was Martin, we were like, do you trade Martin Natchez? Do you trade Martin Natchez for Vladimir Tarasenko? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that? yeah, I, I really like the, the kind of freshness to the Western or Conference this year. No, no Nashville, really. No um, Winnipeg Jets kind of making any deep runs. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really been a wild playoffs, but I think that's what makes it so special. I, you know what? Well, well said. I think that is what makes it special. It's wild, and that's what, I mean, that's playoff hockey, man. You know, crazy things happen. You know, just swipe the puck and just hope for the best. That's playoff hockey. And, you know, you, just, you can't get any better than that when it all comes down to it. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so yeah. yeah, I... It, I I want I want a I want the Avalanche to to win. I don't know if they will, but I just I like the Avalanche a lot. And I think we both love the Avalanche. Um I would love to see a Hurricanes Avalanche Stanley Cup final. Man, would that be that would just be something, you know? Yeah. Kale really McCarr. Would. Seriously though, Kale McCarr is <laughs> Really, really, really good. good. <laughs> the audacity of this man to just enter, you know, play his first NHL games in the playoffs and to play like that. I mean, he is he is just zooming all over the place. He is so talented. And maybe that's what Adam Fox will be. <laughs> he'll yes, look, he'll look. I guess. Have we talked about the Adam Fox trade? Yeah, we did. We talked about it last week. I don't think we did. I think we kind we of glossed over it. Oh. oh no! You know what? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did. did. I think. I think it's just you just hold your breath and hope he doesn't turn into anything too too <laughs> yeah, great. Just but root against him, or or hope that's that's. To be round fair, pick though. To, to be, be fair, though, second round picks from the Rangers have turned out well for us. Second round picks from the Hurricanes have turned out well for us. No, but do you remember what one of those Rangers picks went for? Uh, give me a second here. I'll give you five. Oh, was Four. it the uh, it was the Teravine trade? Right? Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Yes. So thank you, Chicago. That was nice that of was you. That was part of the uh, Versieg trade, right? Bickle, Bickle. No, no, no. I or, no. They got the. They what, got wait, the what, second. How did we get that? Second? They got the second Talk rounders. No, they, they got, got the, the second, second rounders stall, from the stall trade yeah, in Sorella. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then they traded it to Chicago for because remember Teravine. Chicago was trying to clear space, so they traded Bickle, and then they were like, "Oh, we'll just throw a Teravine and sweep the pot." I'm thinking of how the Hurricanes got a th- third as part of the Versteeg and Nordstrom trade, and then the Hurricanes flipped that third also with that New York second to Chicago. So they got Tara Vinen for a New York second and Chicago's already traded to Carolina third. That's what yep. I'm thinking of. <laughs> Man, trades are crazy. It's crazy how trades happen. 
And we should do more trade trees on the we site. Should, we should just do trade trees. That should just be it. Yeah. And that's all we do. We should be that's trade my, trees. That's my new column on pitching. Yeah. <laughs> Only <laughs> you're pitching a brand new website. Just yes, trade trees. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Tradetrees.com. <laughs> Tradetrees.com. We'll talk about this later. This seems like a like a personal uh, Intel conversation that we have. Yeah, to I don't. I don't want to give anyone ideas and then they trademark it before I can uh, make the site. We don't want to so. give every everybody the idea of Tradetrees.com. We don't want to do that because that's ours. Yeah. and we'll so. we'll follow through with that. Um, speaking of following through, I mean, so I, I think we're done with hockey talk. Yes. Yes. All right, we're done with hockey. You're talk. You're done with hockey we talk. Are, we we gave you about thirty three minutes of hockey talk and that's 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 what you get uh there will be more next week but now it's time for game of thrones talk because we talked about it last week and uh it was it was fun to talk about and i don't know if anybody actually liked listening to it uh but you know if you don't like listening to it then get the hell out of here just (laughs) click off the podcast um (laughs) so let's talk about episode four season eight did you like it um, see, I think oh, a lot of people reacted more negatively towards it than I did. Okay. Um, okay. So, first of all, if you're listening to this and you have not seen Season 8, Episode 4 of Game of Thrones, pause now because spoilers may be involved. You might as well just close the damn... Close, just close it. Just, we're, we're, you know. But hey, before you go, make sure you subscribe. There you yeah, go. There, Boom. There all you right. Go. There's your outro. <laughs> Now they're on the other side. Okay, here we go. So, for me, um, okay, the number one concern, as was everyone's concern, was the Starbucks cup. Or what everyone thought was the Starbucks cup, which turned out to be some local thing that basically looks like they're trying to rip off Starbucks. Typical, you know, big business, not, you know, Game of Thrones isn't supporting local businesses. (laughs) Everybody, I mean... Starbucks is getting all the all the praise for this, all the pub, but it was just it was just yeah. some local local place, you know. Local, so, bi- why don't we support local businesses? We'll talk about that next week. You're saying? My, my question is how lazy because you have oh, to understand with how big of a production this is. This goes through production. so many waves. This goes through so many waves. How do you just leave a coffee cup in the shot? How this is first you're leaving it in the shot on set. That means none of your production crew was managing well that day. They were just chilling. And then what's Daenerys just, doing? Did, did, did Daenerys not see the? <laughs> not Daenerys see Targaryen. If she would have seen a coffee cup on the on the table, I think she would have made a to do about it. You know, she would have been upset about it. She would have been confused. She's, you know, there are dragons in this world. There are there's magic. There's not. There's no uh, coffee. I don't There's think. no baristas. There's no okay. barista. There should have been a barista coming around to the tables, asking if anybody. Well, I guess everybody was drinking alcohol, but I, I just ale, think it's wine. it's just insane. Like, how did a, an editor not see that? How did nobody see that? How did the executives that have to see these before it's actually sent that's to just, the? That just that just confirms it, man. They don't care about they don't care about this anymore. George R. R. Martin's gone. They're all just like, all right, he's not dead. I mean, he he's <laughs> he passed. Is gone. He's passed. He's on he to other things, like writing guy. the books that yeah, he's taking time I, I think, to write. I think season seven was perfect. It set up an epic season eight. Um, and then I think, I, even, a, I think that's a. I, I think there are a lot of people that didn't like season seven. I even think that 
episodes. Okay, episode one was obviously a setup and reintroduced. Episode two was okay. Get prepared. There, it's about to happen. You know, season and two then, or episode two was like the happy, like everybody's together for one final time, or so we think, because everybody lived through season or episode three. Yeah, I mean, basically, all the important characters lived through episode three. Now, I always was under the assumption that basically everyone was going to die except for a few people. Um, I I don't know if season f- or, sorry episode four is an indication of that because. Masandra, however you pronounce Masande. Spoiler alert again, gets her head chopped off. So, um, you know, she was a pretty important, like, supporting character because she was number number two to um, Daenerys, Daenerys, and then you know, Grey Worm's boo thing, basically. So, well, not it was really big. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna make a comment about. There's, uh, there's no need. I think I know where you're going with anyway, that. So you're there's no need. You're Anyways, um, I think the ending of that episode was good because I think it showed yeah. that they're going to go in the direction that she's Mad Daenerys queen. is basically going to be the Mad Queen, yeah. and she's I, I think she's going to die. I think she's going to die. Um, I don't know if that's in so her too. own pride, in her own hunger for you know the throne. I'm not sure. So um, she was she was looking so mad queen there, and I don't blame her. I mean, her drag like one of the dragons just died. Um, Drogo. We gotta talk about that too. Uh, Yeah, that's my biggest problem with the whole (laughs) entire episode. But we'll talk about that in a second. Shad dragon died. Jorah died last week. Um, Now Misandei dies, and you know, like half of the uh, Dothraki died. Which another thing. No, not half of the. You cannot tell me that the Dothraki charged like they did, and all the lights disappeared, and only half of them died. More than half of them died. Come on, so that's a thing. Also, the Unsullied, like they're saying that half of these troops lived, but it did not look like half of those troops lived, considering at the end of the episode, it was just all of our main characters, seemingly. Um, so that that was a thing, and you know. She's she's pissed, and I think she's gonna. I agree, she's gonna die. I think what I hope happens now is that she just gets on the dragon and goes in there, and you know what they're gonna do. What what it looks like they're gonna do is they're gonna flip her as the as a as a villain here at the end, which you know is what it is. Yeah. Um. So in regards to the scene where she's flying in on her dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Gets to the ships. They're all faced one direction. Harry Styles. I knew you were gonna make that. Louis Tomlinson. Yeah. They're all there. I always I always thought it was pronounced Nail, but okay. Like Yakupov. Like Yakupov. But it's like Niel or something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, sorry for the one direction fans that listen to this podcast. That's a very specific category. I don't think there's much crossover. One direction fan. I'm sure there's a crossover to some degree, but I don't think there's a big one. Yeah, if that's it's if that's like, your thing. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like they're all face one direction. Why fly straight at them when you could just kind of lot zoom of questions. Yeah, you're like, who planned this? Who planned this uh, whole thing? For like, for starters, they made it there in like a in like twelve minutes. They they pulled up Waze, the app, and just got directions. <laughs> it's a twelve minute. They drive. said, "What's up? We pulling and, up?" In season two, it was like, "All right, we gotta prepare for." 
several weeks of traveling to get there, but they made it there. I, I'm willing to overlook that because they're really, you know, they're trying to cram a lot of stuff into this final season. But who planned this? Who Who's the idiot that planned? Just, like, just, just show up. Like, there was no plan in, in place. Like, all the ships are just randomly, casually just pulling up. And, of course, Euron's fleet is there, just ready for it. Because, of course, because that they didn't plan anything. And like a Taylor Swift song, they were ready for it. They, yes, they weren't. They weren't very swift in their you know, oh. decision making. Um, so, dragon dies. They shoot it right out of the air. That was great. And then they take aim at the ships, and Tyrion uh, and a lot, whole lot bunch of other people uh, have to swim to shore, and and then apparently Day gets captured somehow even though like she like 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 her and Grey Worm like got shot out of the same ship and Grey Worm appears to have no idea where Misande is even though like like they're in the same area. Like how how did they abduct her <laughs> without anybody noticing? Like, it, like uh, did Misande just like swim to the wrong shore and then she shows up uh, on the wrong shore. She's like, oh no, this is not good and then they capture her. Like I, I Okay, like even I, I'm willing to overlook that too. It's just you're asking me to overlook a lot here, and you know, you know, there's just yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I can overlook that a little bit because it's just it just adds a little spice and and a stuff spice, like that. But you know, I, I mean, guess. like they just like they've always been so good about you know, you know, like having explanations for everything, and it just feels like these this really the last two seasons, but especially this season, it's just like all right, things are happening. You don't get an explanation for it. Just trust us; it's happening. Yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. It, I just wonder the direction they go with the final two episodes. I'm not sure about the runtime. Do you know the runtime for the final two? I think two? they're both an hour and twenty. Okay, so about, there's yeah. there's so it's essentially a movie left. So I mean, they got yeah. they got a wrap. They got a wrap in an appropriate You're way. But like, I feel you, like you got a Lord of the Rings length movie pretty much coming up. Yeah, so I think with when they pass George R. R. Martin and and now they have this own direction themselves, I think they're scared to go the everybody dies route. But I yeah. think that's what the I think the fans actually kind of want that. They kind of want everyone to die. You that's know, what we're accustomed to. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah what we're used like we, to. Like so. we're not used to like plot armor and everybody living, and that's why season or episode three was kind of shocking because like oh okay everybody that we cared about lived. Except for Theon and Jorah and uh, Lady Mormont, so you know, I we'll we'll see. I I enjoyed the episode somewhat. Uh, I think the ending was really interesting. Um, I have I have some questions about how Tyrion. I, okay, so Euron, Euron's an idiot. Euron's just a stupid idiot. Yeah, uh, dummy, stupid ass idiot so she, he he just totally buys that you know cersei's pregnant with his baby even though it's jamie's baby and he's just buying all this and he's just hook line sinker an idiot a stupid <laughs> idiot and he's just he's just like whatever yeah uh i got you pregnant uh that's great and now Tyrion is talking about how he knows that cersei's pregnant right in front of euron and euron's like yeah yeah sounds good like he's just like he's like a frat bro, like not even thinking about anything, and you know that's great, good for him. But yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of stupid people. 
Yeah. So I guess we'll see how it wraps. I, I said that I would give, like, my... I just think that one and two were necessary. Three was good enough for me. Um, it may not have been good enough for other people because I think more people wanted people to die, essentially. I think it's less about, like, wanting people to die. I think it's more about, like, can we keep the story strong, you know? like just Yeah, because like, that's know. what it's always been good about. And it's, yeah. I think like, it's the I'm element cool. is... Like, I'm cool yeah. with anything happening. Like, I'm open to anything as long as the writing's solid. And when we get there, I'm like, all right, yeah. Like, that, yeah. that's satisfying to me. Yeah, yeah. And I think one, two, and three, the writing was good enough because it kind of gives you, like, a glimpse into, you know, like, yeah, it kind of sets the tone for three. And then three happens, and, you know, it's more about the effects. It's more about the battle scene than it is about the writing in that case. Um, I think they did wonderful with the music on the, on that episode because yeah. they kind of set the somber tone and then great score. like the, just, the beginning yeah, of great episode score was three. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, the beginning of episode three where it was just like choosing silence, just yeah. nothing, and just like all of that. Like I thought that was yeah. really really well done. I think the direction of these episodes have been excellent. I think the acting's been excellent. I've just been upset about the 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 plot and the writing and. Yeah. I'm kind of with you. Like I'm, I'm waiting to see these final two episodes, and then I'll make my overall judgment of it. But right now, I'm kind of meh about it. But guess what? Yeah. I'm gonna keep watching the damn thing until it's over, and I'm gonna be upset when it's over. But then we're and, gonna get a prequel of some sort, and hopefully that won't. And garbage. we will watch episode five and talk about five. it on the next Kane's Country podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the Kane's Country podcast. Uh, it, it means a lot to us. Uh, it does. Makes us, it makes us very happy. It makes us very uh, prideful. You know, like, you know yeah. what would make us even more happy and prideful? Oh, is I if, wonder what you're going to say. Go ahead. Is it, <laughs> you, you took that in a different direction than I was going to, but I, I was, was going to say, if you subscribe to there the podcast, that you go. is what makes us, that's our big happiness. And yeah, also, yeah, don't forget yeah. to review and um, leave Leave your comments, questions, anything you have uh, in the review section as well, because that is nice. Also, you can also um, talk about the episode on canescountry.com, where it will always be posted. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Um, wow, that was beautiful. That was really well well said. Um, Thank you. Very sincere and very you know heartfelt. So. Follow Kane's Country on Twitter at Kane's Country, Instagram at Kane's Country Picks, P I X. Subscribe to the podcast, review it, um, tell us how great we are. Um, yeah, just you know, do all those things. Follow me on Twitter at Brett underscore Finger, Justin. Uh, at Lanky Lake. <laughs> were you expecting me to say where to follow you on Twitter? Or... I I was. You kind of yeah. just left me. Yeah, I kind of just I kind of just threw a change up at you there, but. That's that. And that's a podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.